Hello, 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 and welcome to the Stress Sessions podcast. I usually completely script this part of the recording. The in- basically, the intro and the outro, I literally completely script out because I feel very uncomfortable speaking sporadically. But I thought this one, I'm going to do completely off the cuff, so it's probably just going to end up with me rambling for a couple of minutes. This week, for me, has been really up and down I went to Wales this week I had a little trip away with my wife Tara and it was really really lovely it's a really really nice trip the weather was really up and down it was kind of sunny for a couple of days but it was raining a couple of days too on the way there I had a bit of a breakdown and that's the first time in a little while that I've actually felt pretty shitty it was really fucking horrible and I was driving at the time and I didn't say anything to Tara because I was a bit like no I'm gonna get through this but it was really horrible and that kind of well that experience just makes me want to tell you guys or who you that's listening that if you are having a really hard time and and you do experience kind of a panic attack or you experience a flashback of something that is bad and that happened to you in the past that hits you really hard like it did me then just speak about it just speak about how you're feeling and tell the person that you're with or a friend or a family member how you're feeling because if you do keep it bowled up it's it's really bloody hard it's really it's horrible it's really really hard so just make sure that you always speak about how you're feeling and talk about your mental health. The rest of the trip was amazing. Wales was amazing. I climbed Snowdon. It was really hard. It was bloody lovely, though. I would, if you haven't done it before, I'd highly recommend it because because it's such it's such a nice place and the views were ridiculous. You, we we were so lucky. We got to the top and the the clouds just literally parted and it was so nice just to be there it, it, it was a struggle to get to the top and it was a struggle to get down as well I think it took about four and a half hours in total but it was it was so nice and I wouldn't recommend it I, I would recommend it to anybody back to the podcast I have got a great guest this week I've I recall well, I recorded this a little while ago and I've been looking to release it for quite a while but I thought I'd, I'd leave it till now because it's, it's it's near the end of the series. I think I've got a couple left before the end of Series 3. But this is Episode 9 of Series 3 and I'm speaking to the amazing Jess in Piazzi who was a contestant on X on the Beach. She's been on Celebrity Big Brother. But now she's an author. She's written a book called Silver Linings and she's also an actress which is amazing it was so good to speak to Jess because there's some stuff that I learned from her that I've not heard from anybody else she's really kind of in the loop with kind of everything mental health so it's really really good to speak to her get some good ideas good tips of coping mechanisms and she's just really lovely so give it a listen and yeah keep listening and have an amazing day and I'll speak to you again at the end of the episode thanks this is series Free episode nine of the stress sessions with Jess in Piazzi.
Hey, how's it going? Yeah, good, thanks. How are you? Good, yeah, not too bad, thank you. A little bit tired, but... <laughs> yeah, same. Good. <laughs> How have you been? What have you been up to? Um, well, I had a bit of a weird week, to be fair, but um, I got dumped on Thursday, which is always good. But other than that, oh, other than that, things are okay. Just getting on with work, really, and been down the pub a couple of times with my friends, which is nice because oh, that, nice. at least it's a good time for that to happen. So, And the sun shines out, so you can't complain about that. Yeah, it's been a lovely couple of days, to be fair, isn't it? It's just like you can literally just chill in the garden or whatever, which is amazing. Yeah, unreal. <laughs> it makes so much difference when the sun's out. Yeah, I so I think it was like 13 degrees on Saturday and I got sunburnt. Like you can see like my face is a little bit red. Yeah. I did. I had the roof down on my car and I had like when I put my makeup on, my nose is red and my forehead is red. I was like, oh, God. <laughs> First, what I'd like to do is kick off by asking a really simple question, which is, what is one song that puts you in a really happy, positive mood? See, this changes often. So um, at the moment, um, I'm really loving um, Heartbreaker by, Mar by Mariah Carey because it's actually really uplifting and it makes me really happy. So I put it on in the morning and have a little dance. And whenever I do that, I always find my brain's a bit better for the rest of the day. Like I, th I find if you get up in the morning, even if you're feeling low, jump up and have a dance. I swear to God that actually helps. I can think of all, what's lovely about songs is I always feel like I can find different times throughout, like, the, you know, the, however many last years, of a point where that will remind me of feeling really good. So I can always click back to it and feel really good for that song. And um, I think that's quite nice, the power of music. Yeah, and I think, again, like, music is a massive, massive help, I think, when you have got mental illness. It can sort of completely change your mood in, in the flick of a switch, can't it? So... Yeah, definitely. A lot of people listening to this will know who you are. I know who you are, but for those who don't, can you just sort of tell me a little bit about yourself, what you do? So basically, I started out at theatre school. Uh, like that was my plan to go into acting and dancing and musical theatre and films and blah, blah, blah. Um, lost track a little bit because I went into the college of my school and then my mum went blind and my nephew died of meningitis. And it was just a really hard time when I was 17. So it kind of derailed me a bit, which then sent me off to a glamour model route which then went to reality TV. And for someone that hadn't really healed from a lot of childhood trauma, reality TV and glam modeling is probably not the best place to be going. And it wasn't what I wanted to do, it wasn't my dream, you know? So um, everything happens for a reason. I'm a very big believer in that as well. But so since then, obviously I went on MTV, I did Celebrity Big Brother Year of the Woman with Anne Whittaker, Amanda Barry, Genuine, Malika from the Kardashians, Ashley James, there's a whole load of amazing people in there. Um, and then since then, I kind of had a divorce and reinvented myself as in going back to my roots. And I had to take a step back from everything to figure out who I was. And I wrote my first book, Silver Linings, which was just trying to, for me, it was a way of depicting all the bad stuff that had happened over the years and what had caused a lot of my mental health problems and finding how that's helped me. Um, I think sometimes when you can reframe stuff, your brain also gets reframed and you can see things in a different light. And sometimes it's just that switch that needs turning. Um, it's never as easy as that, just a switch turning off, but we learn how to see things in a different manner. The world around you changes as well. Is there anything that you would say makes you particularly anxious? As I've done a lot of work on myself, I realise where these things come from now. So when I talk about it, I, I, I always go back to where I realise where I've got that way. And I think once you're aware of it, then you can start healing it. So um, I think I had a lot of attachment problems. My dad wasn't really around when I was younger. Um, we had domestic violence in the home, not from my dad. Um, 
and I always felt the need to help people. So in my future relationships, I was always trying to help everyone. And mm. I didn't know how to not be with someone that didn't need help, had addiction problems or was a cheater or all this kind of stuff that went on. And so I would, I would go for them kind of people. So I, I suppose now I think something that would make me quite anxious is opening up to someone, um, getting in a relationship because I've not really seen the sturdy side of it. So that, that can set me off. I also suffered from PTSD from the childhood trauma that I never healed, but I didn't know about that until I was about 27. I was unaware I had it. And again, when I come back to awareness, when I became aware of what that was when I was diagnosed, that's when you can start to heal. I think a lot of the time when I was really bad with my depression was that I was so caught up in my head that I couldn't step out to become aware of what was going on because the emotions were just too much and I felt trapped. And I remember the only way I could explain it was there was like a million things flying around in the air and I couldn't catch one of them. It was just all such a mess. So I would go to bed at four p.m get up in the, in the morning as late as I could have a bath so that I, didn't, I had like a window of being awake and just laying there in bed and um I think just it was just that stuck feeling so I think I, I've done a lot of reading a lot of research and on the brain itself sometimes just the science of the brain can make you aware of how your brain is working and I think that's so important when you're trying to heal from a mental illness is the science of the brain we never really get taught about that and as I read more and more about the science of the brain, I became, I, I just, I could heal things because of the awareness. And I think, I know I've used this word a lot now, awareness, but it's probably the main thing that put me on the road to recovery. And I think it's really important because now more than ever, so the, for the past year, I think a lot of people, celebrities, everybody has just opened up about their mental health and mm -hmm. sort of said, oh, I've actually suffered from mental illness. This is what's happened to me. And people are openly speaking about it now, which is really, really great. Do you think that that will kind of keep evolving through the years and that it will continue to get better and better? Of course. I think the thing is, when you're in that place, you can feel very alone. And I know what I do when I'm upset. I tend to just go into myself and not really talk to anyone, get snappy at people. So therefore, I just want to isolate myself. So it is better when you can hear other people saying, actually, I feel like that. And, you know, we are a complex species as a human. We, we've got, we have the ability to think ourselves into absolute dismay, whereas an animal doesn't have that. So then we've got all this new technology. Like, you don't see your, your dog going on the internet, looking at themselves and having all the dramas from the internet or bullies or all of that kind of stuff. They don't have that capacity, whereas we do. So where it evolves so quickly... Our brains have to keep up with that. And it's a, it's a hard thing to do. So I think, you know, the more people talk, the easier it is. But we are we just have to understand our brains as well. And I think the more people talk, the more we understand our brains because we relate to people. And humans want connection. And this gives people connection when mm -hmm. people can't talk about it. And this is going to be going quite deep quite quickly. But I, I, I did really want to speak out because I've said in, in my life, over the last couple of years, I've had suicidal thoughts and I've I've known that um how do, I don't know how to put it but I, I I know that I've got to that point where I've been a bit like I don't want to be here anymore and yeah. I'm really really struggling I don't think anybody can help me because the thoughts in my head are just a bit too much sort of thing and I, and I know that you've tried to take your own life on a couple of occasions but one when you was 18 and then again a couple of years ago how do you kind of deal with those thoughts and kind of come out the other side with that because I've I've kind of dealt with them in my own way, but I think that a lot of different people do deal, deal with like kind of those sort of experiences in their own way. I think when you're in that particular place, when you're there ready to, to, you don't want it to be here anymore, 
that it, it's hard to you know not much is going to fit into your brain because you're in such a state like you don't you don't know a way out but one thing that got me through was oh, just living in the moment and it's so hard to to do that when you're in that place but it's just the tiny little things that you've got to hold on to and that the little things you don't realize become the big things so for me you know where I would let myself stay in bed I was like okay I've watched a lot of videos on self-discipline I'm gonna have to get out of bed I don't care how I feel I don't give a crap how bad I am you are gonna get out of bed because you're not gonna do this anymore so I'll get out of bed and I'll go and make a cup of coffee and then I would put some music on and these things sound so little because especially when you don't want to hear music when you don't want to get out of bed when you don't but you, it's the discipline you have to give yourself because that changes your brain ever so slowly but it gets there and um I think self-discipline we always I will Smith said this and I always quote it because it, it probably was my savior we always think of discipline as a, a bad thing it's you know you're being disciplined or or it's a bad thing to have you're, if you're being disciplined but self-discipline is the biggest form of self-love you love you can give yourself because you're now you're training your brain and you're you're creating new habits like once you get into a depressive state I feel like we accidentally get these negative habits and then these negative habits spiral until we can't go on anymore. So now it's like you've got to rewind the, the coil and go right back up to this way and, and find them little good habits that will just flip your mind um, of a morning. And, and in the morning is the most important, I think, because that, that kind of determines your day. So if I went, like, obviously I just told you I, I got dumped on Thursday and I was feeling really crap and I was like, how I've dealt with this before has not been very good. Uh, when I was feeling all those feelings and I, I really thought oh my god I can't go through this again and then I was like but you know how to deal with it you know your tools so discipline get yourself up put all your makeup on and feel good about yourself put your music on get to work and go out for a run and no matter how much I did not want to do that because I felt like crap I got up and did it and I got up and ran I got up and did my work I got up and had a coffee I put all my makeup on and I and I keep doing that and then it just slowly eases because you're you're disciplining and your focus is now on yourself. And then you you realize that's actually loving yourself because you're giving you that 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 love that you need. And the, I think love is the biggest healer of them all. And I think when you're depressed and you're down and you're you're stuck in your head, you really are so far away from self love. But we've got to remember that the we we are the only people that will spend the rest of our lives with us, and we have to love that person. So even if you don't feel like it and you don't want to get out of bed, do it because you want to show you love. Love that you can give to someone else. You need to give it to yourself and then watch how your world will change. I think that's a really good advice because I went, even even recently, I've been sort of like, I think like you said, the morning is, when you first wake up in the morning, that is like a really, really key point in your day. And then again, I think another key point is when you finish working and like, for instance, I, I do, a, I'm, in, I'm in an office job, not in an office at the minute because of COVID. Um, but I'll, in the evening, I was literally sit there in the evening and be like, I've done my day's work. I'm not actually doing anything tonight. What's what's the point? And I think, again, that's a really key point in kind of like preparing yourself for the next day. Like, go, oh, I'm going to achieve this one thing the next day. And it's kind of kind of making, like, like you said, setting yourself like goals that are kind of going to keep you going and then kind of yeah. build yourself up a little bit again. Yeah, like I don't, I'm not sitting here saying, oh, I'm, I'm happy as Larry every day. I'm not, I, I, I can, can totally relate to you with what you're saying. Like when you finished everything and it's like four o'clock and we're still in this kind of shit time of lockdown. And I'm, I, I get to like four and I'm like, okay, what now? Yeah. And I'm like, do you know what? I'm going to go for a walk. 
so I'll go for a 5k walk and once I've been out in nature I just feel better like you just feel you're moving your body that that's also science because it releases endorphins into your brain so it just helps your thought process and everything but also um I've, I've been very into Wim Hof have you heard of Wim Hof for so, you, for you. <laughs> yeah <laughs> I'm really obsessed with the guy because this is something that I think was a a big switch for me and I I've been doing his cold showers for maybe about two years but then I started reading about him listening to his podcast and I got his app so I could understand it a bit more and, and practice it because you, if you don't try you don't know and I think hmm. when you're low you've got to try that's the main thing you've got to keep trying and you just don't know what's going to switch at any given point and it did for me so and it does for many people but the breathing technique it it just it's the and it's the oxygen to the brain they're just it's I don't want to go into the science because I'll get it wrong because I'm not a scientist, but whatever it is with the breathing technique that he does, it works. And the cold shower, it kind of, it gives you your stress first thing in the morning through your body and your body reacts to the stress. And then you handle any other stresses throughout the day with ease because nothing is as hard as standing three yeah. minutes under a cold shower. But it does actually, your body then starts to um, kind of get used to it. So I could stand in that cold shower for an hour now without it making me shiver it's almost his philosophy is that back in the day when we didn't have all these comforts we had the comfort of our warm bed our warm clothes our heating our everything he says the comfort has become the enemy of our success because our bodies now don't need to react and, and work in a certain way whereas back in caveman days if you're walking out your arteries would go smaller or larger for to heat your body up or keep it cold so now when I jump out the cold shower, my body automatically heats itself up. So whatever it does, it works. And then your cardiovascular system works better. And when you're healthy, your mind's healthy as well. So there's a lot of um, people, you know, that are following Wim Hof and that are changing their lives and it's really helping their mental health. And when I really got into here, I've really noticed a change in myself as well and, and dealing with things better. Like, as I say, with, with what's going on with me at the moment, I would probably have really struggled. You know, the last time this really happened was when I got divorced um and this time I just managed to deal with it because the stresses that I'm learning to put my body under in a, in a safe environment like in my shower and using these breathing techniques really changing something in my body and then it's also given me the self-discipline to keep going and, and then as, as I say about the spiraling up and down I start to sp spiral upwards and things start to change habits start to change mindset starts to change I think with with the Wim Hof breathing thing so I tried it for, for me, a really key thing is actually remembering to do something when I'm meant to be doing it. So I'll be in the shower and I'll be like, I'm just having a shower, I'm just getting clean. And I remembered it for, I think it's like four or five days in a row and it did really work. And I think I, I think I needed it for a couple of minutes. It's probably about three or four minutes that I was just sort of like focusing on my breathing, turn the shower down to cold and just close my eyes and just breathed. And it did really help because I've had over the last couple of weeks, quite a stressful couple of weeks with work, with projects that have been going on. Mm. And it has really helped me. And I think that, I, I don't know if it was just that, but that did really help. And it helped me sort of concentrate on my breathing rather than worrying about other stuff and that's going on. You're internal then, you're, you're focusing on keeping yourself, you know, if we go back to the brain, it's keeping yourself alive, isn't it? Because you, mm -hmm. you, your instinct of cold, you'd panic, your body goes into panic. So this is now learning to control your inner like alignment I suppose and I think um you know it's working for millions it's worked for me and I think 
we, as I said, as I say, I agree with him that maybe our comforts have become our own our own self destruction in a way. And it's kind of helping you adapt to that situation as well. Even though it's like it's you can get out of that situation because it's just a cold shower. You're adapting to that situation personally. Like your body's adapting to it. Like you said, it's sort of like you can literally warm yourself up now in a cold shower. And I think the like you've already said, the more you keep doing stuff like that, and then outside of that cold shower you can adapt to those certain situations because you just do yeah, it. It becomes nothing. Yeah. Yeah. You've disciplined yourself to get into that shower and you know, some people start off with 30 seconds and it just builds up because your body gets used to it. Once your body's getting used to something, your mind's getting used to something. And then there's a switch, whether it, you know, people might say it's just a cold shower, but actually it's the training of the mind. It's no diff. The brain is no different to a muscle on your arm. You go to the gym, you want to pump it, you go for a run, you, you keep your body in gear. We're not training our minds anymore because we've got so much distraction all over the place with the internet, with, with going out, with doing this, doing this. And that's why lockdown has been hard for people because they've had to understand their own brains. And it's a really difficult thing to do. But it's these little switches, the tiniest ones like a cold shower, you think, how's that going to help with mental health? But it's these little tiny things that rewire the whole mind. And, it, and I, I think it's incredible. Is there anything else that you kind of do like that that, but little tiny things so I know that you, I think you meditate don't you in the morning and yeah. is there anything else like that that really helps you kind of start your day yeah meditation is really important to me um I normally would do that over nighttime since the Wim Hof thing I do the breathing in the morning and the cold shower and over nighttime I maybe do 10 to 10 minutes to an hour of meditation um that is very key I think meditation again people sometimes like, oh I can't bother with it but when you can't be bothered with it, that's when you need to do it. Because if you're if you're in a pickle, it's not easy to meditate. And this is the thing everyone always thinks all this stuff is, oh, you know, what's that going to do? We need medication. But we've come so attached and needy of this medication that we're not healing ourselves. And, and it is all within us to be able to do it. And I think the meditation is something that's so key because we have this mind, as I say, that is so complex and can shoot around. You can go from one thought here and the next minute you're like 40,000 thoughts down the road and you, you're in complete despair and all from a thought, nothing's touched you, nothing's physically hurt you. A thought has literally changed your chemistry to the, your anxiety is coming up and it's all from this. So we need to train it. And I feel like meditation, it took me a good maybe three to six months to really get into it, but it was just practice and practice. And the guided meditations really help because they teach you, you know, when your mind's going off on a tangent you catch yourself because a lot of us don't realize we can catch ourselves in that there's two minds there's our mind and then there's the monkey mind there's a book about it the monkey mind and it's just shooting around here and causing all these problems for us but we can't we're not taught ever in our lives unless you find out all this stuff how to control that and without the control of this little this little voice in our head we we don't know where we're going to end up so meditation for me was where I learned to just still that and I just be there in the moment it anchors everything down so that for the rest of the day or for the rest of the night, I can now flow through it and be like, that's a thought, boom, boom. And it's not that I'm suppressing any emotions because a lot of the time it will come, you can get that out in your meditations. It will just come, you, you'll cry it out and you'll feel lighter. Um, and I just think it's a really great way to heal and anchor your thoughts to, to set, set yourself up to, to kind of training your mind to stop those thoughts. Because, you know, if you're, if you're a runner and you've constantly got a bad knee, you probably might need to do another sport, you know, or, or you go and have a knee operation, but you can't have a thought operation because that doesn't exist. And also, you know, thoughts are, it's, it's not something you can just pull out. They're, 
what are they really? Because, you know, if we have a broken arm, you can fix it. You have a broken leg, you can fix it. But you can't pull a thought out. That's something you have to do yourself. And you've got to take responsibility for that. And I think a lot of the time when I was younger, I never, I sat in victim. I was like, why do I feel like this? I'm sad. I've had this happen. I'm, I feel sad. It was not like, yes, you feel sad. Now you fix it. So I have to fix it because no one else can do that for you. You have to want to get that. You, if you're depressed, you want to be fixed. You don't want to feel like that. It's yeah. not something you want, is it? So it's, it's taking the responsibility to, to, and just the discipline in yourself to say, listen, I'm not living like this anymore. And I'm going to grab, grab my thoughts. And I'm going to take control of them because too many of us and me myself have let these thoughts take control of me. And it, I don't, it's, it's a dangerous way to live. It's, it's really important to get control of the mind. Say like me or anybody's just like sitting on the sofa, like going down that train of thought where so the, the, their initial thought will be, oh, I don't want to go to work tomorrow. I'm, I'm, I've had enough. I don't want to like log onto my computer, whatever, which, which is what I've had before, not in this job, but in, in previous jobs. What would you, so how would you stop that person from kind of overthinking and going down that train of the monkey line sort of thing? Yeah, well, the thing is as well, it's like, depends if you like the job or not. If it's someone that you, you like yeah. the job, but you're just feeling shite, then obviously you, it's, a, it's one of those things where you've got to go, okay, now I'm going to do something positive that tonight. I'm going to, again, setting the goals, do the cold showers, do the breathing technique, because things, do your meditation, because it can, once, as I say, it just anchors everything. And once you kind of can balance the thoughts, things don't seem so hard. Like, if I had a job I didn't like, for instance, and that was making me sad, I would quit. Because at the end of the day, we only have one life. And if something as mediocre as a job, that's basically been, jobs are only... You know, when, when humans came on the planet, it was just at each to your own with cavemen, we were as animals, we were doing what we needed to do to survive. But now it's like we have this constructed thing by governments where everyone needs to have a job and money and this and that. So we have to do these things. But at the same time, you've got to find what you love and, and go for it. Because, you know, even if you have a temp, you, you don't like something and you're there for a while, but you know you have this other passion work on that as well so so when you're doing this job and you don't want to get up the next day to go to work that evening when you when you're feeling like rubbish and you don't you're thinking about that particular job do set little goals to how you could get changing that job to something else to how you could be putting your your energy into something that you want to create or you want to or you want to do because we're, we're lucky I know as I was saying it's, it's a lot for us with the internet and stuff for our minds but we do have this place now where you can learn anything like I couldn't write a book I went to theatre school I danced for my, my education that's all I knew and um I wrote my book and I didn't know how to do that but I, I went on Google I watched other authors on YouTube and I managed to write a book and I finished a complete book because of that so uh, I really think when you feel like that about a career or a job that you're in you don't want to be there start the process of making your life how you want it on the side and just keep hustling with it because I think there'll be a lot of people listening to this that'll be in that situation where they'll be in a job they don't like or they're thinking our lockdowns actually made me think I want to do this rather than doing what I'm doing at the minute. So I think that a lot of people would have had those thoughts. So yeah, I think that's really helpful. It's just to keep that, it keeps your spark alive when you're doing something from passion, you're doing it from love, it just flows. And so if you can you can give your focus to that, if you need, you can't just, a lot of people can't just quit a job. I understand that. I mean, I can just quit a job, but um, as long as, and I, but I do side hustle everything everything I do I do with a passion on the side and at that 4pm sometimes and I'm like oh okay I know what I'll do I'll 
finish writing the rest of my book or my, my next book. And, and it's just keeping that passion alive because it's giving you something to love. When we were a kid, we knew what we loved just by chance because we just automatically did it. Like I automatically wanted to dance and act. I automatically would make up plays. And when I pulled away from that, I was depressed. I hadn't, I wasn't living what I, what I loved doing. So if you can just find something that you love, even if it's just on the side and you just see it as a hobby for a bit, you never know what a hobby could turn into. I did not know my book would get published. I didn't even think I could get, you know, I didn't even think I could write a book and I did. And I think you just got to give yourself that chance. The, the worst thing I've ever found about fear, and it's something I've been working on for years now, is conquering fears. Because I used to want to just stay in the house and not leave. I got really into a reclusive situation. I just chucked myself into it. And it is never, the fear is way worse than the thing itself. So because of that, I've done bungee jumps. I've chucked myself off things. So just because I'm like, once you get, like, amazing things are on the other side of fear. We just have to push through the barrier. And our brain, another science thing, our brains actually are trying to protect us. So if we feel a fear, unless you go and do it straight away, your brain will talk you out of something. And I'm sure we've all felt that before where you've sat on the sofa, like, I want to go out for a walk. And then you're like, oh, but what if it's cold? What if it's this? And then you talk yourself out of it and you don't go and you sit in, in your bed or your sofa with the hump because you're like, now I'm really fed up. Just jump through it. And another person who's really great and inspirational is Mel Robbins. And she does the five second rule. And that was when you wake up in the morning, you go five, four, three, two, one, and you jump out of bed on one, or you or you take yourself out for a walk on one. I do it for my 5K runs. When I do them every, like in the week. And I, so I would go, wake up and I'm like, I do not want to run today. Like the thought of going around there is absolutely tearing me apart right now and I go five four three two one jump and just shut the door my time door shut like, well, I've got to go now so I just start running and then you get to the end and you feel really good and your whole mood's uplifted so it's just breaking that barrier of your brain which is telling you oh don't do that be safe don't do that it's a survival instinct that our brains have adapted that we don't need it you know we need it for when we've learned to put our hand on a hot hob we learn not to do that again when we're kids but then it goes in as you get older it goes into this massive thing of all these dangers like you don't realize that your brain's stopping you from doing things. You've got to say, listen, pal, <laughs> it's my turn. And I think a lot of people live their lives like that, where they limit themselves from doing stuff because it's because of fear. So they'll yeah. be like, I want to, I want to go and I want to go and do this run. I want to go and do this 5k, but I don't think I can do it because it's windy. It's cold. It's raining. I don't think my legs are going to work today. So many people must do it that just because of that fear inside them, that they don't do the stuff they actually want to do. And sometimes just, even if it's like, okay, I don't really, you know, if there's such a feel like you are injured or whatever, take yourself for a walk. Just just get out there and do it. And what's the worst over for, what if it's raining? Put a coat on and then, do you know what? Have a nice warm shower and you get home and look forward to a nice warm bath. Like there's, there's all these things that you've got to trick, trick the brain with and say, listen, if you do this, you're going to get this lovely thing at the end. And you're like, oh, okay, I'll go for a walk. <laughs> like, you know, just, just, it's just beating the fear and, and shutting the noise of the brain up. Is there anything that you personally makes you nervous or you get scared of? So you, you've, you've had a lot of acting roles in your career. You've been on reality TV. You do a lot of interviews. Do, you, do those things make you nervous or are, you, are they completely natural? Yeah. 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 I, I get nervous before I log onto a Zoom like this. I get nervous before I go on a new film set. I get nervous before anything. And I think, you know, it's just that you've got to just go for it. I mean, I think also one thing I did learn from theatre school that nerves often show that you care about something. If you wasn't nervous, you wouldn't care. So if we reframe the nerves from being like, oh, I've got to stop to actually I care about this. So this, this is an amazing opportunity. 
then you you've reframed it again and then you go into it in a different mindset i've had imposter syndrome when i've done it like going from reality tv to try and get back to my roots of acting i did a film in la with luke goss and dean kane and kimberly wyatt um from the pussycat dolls i was just sat as the lead role and i was like are they gonna they're gonna think i'm rubbish they're gonna laugh at me and, and my brain started to go and i was like no 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 <laughs> do your script get on with it you're here for a reason and you, I talked myself out of it and I smashed it. I, I had a great time. And, and you know, you've, once you've done it and you beat that fear, get a thirst to do it a bit more and a bit more and a bit more. And then suddenly you're limitless. <laughs> and you've spoken about your book already. It's mainly based on kind of like your, your toughest struggles in life and stuff that you've overcome and a lot of the stuff that you've talked about on here. But is, do you think that there'd be a plan for another book to come out? So you'd, because you've done that now, so that you, you you didn't think that you could write a book and you've done it, do you think that you, you now think, I can do another one? Yeah, 100%. So Silver Linings was a memoir. Um, but the reason it's called Silver Linings is because, as I say, I'd suffered a lot of trauma during my life. And what I wanted to do was write about the trauma so people I can relate to people and connect to people, but then show them how I found my silver lining from it. Now, my nephew dying of meningitis at 13 months old is pretty tough to find a silver lining, but I'll tell you what I did find from it. I got a lesson and a lesson is still a silver lining. The lesson was if a 13 month old baby got his life taken away cruelly like that, that's how fragile life is. And that's how much I've got to, I've got to love life because mm. we don't get another shot. I think, you know, I was, reading something the other day about uh, how many hours the average person gets if they live to 80 and it was like maybe 600,000 hours or something and if we saw them ticking away we would live very differently if we had a had a uh, had a you know egg timer and it was our lifespan and you saw it going I think we'd all be very differently I think our brains trick us into thinking again that we're like gonna be here forever yeah but we're yeah. not and it just it just changes your perspective a bit when you you can come to terms with actually it happens to everyone eventually so let's just make the most out of it if things aren't going quite well get rid of it sack it off sack, sack off the job sack off the the toxic partner you you've got to build yourself up to be able to do that so it's these little tools and self-discipline that you build yourself up with I've gone off track so regards to the second book yes I'm actually halfway through a second book and this is more of a tools oh, wow what I use every day book so it's not a memoir but there are little bits in there that will um you know I can I give examples of how I've changed a certain situation or how I've got through a certain situation but it's not like my life story with the silver lining it's all just tools and each chapter is um something that I've like chapter one for instance is awareness and how important that was how I found awareness and so on so on so on throughout throughout the book um and I wanted to write this again I don't have a publisher yet I don't know how it will go I haven't even finished it but if I'm using these tools and my days get better and better and I'm learning when there is hard times because we don't just suddenly become happy that's not something that happens you just suddenly go oh I'm happy and that's for life life's a roller coaster there's going to be things that stress us out there's going to be things that make us super happy it's just the waves that we have to go with but what is the important thing is learning to ride the wave from a place that isn't going to send us completely off off the rails and where we can't cope and when we're struggling it's it's the tools to learn to just flow with it and know that okay this is just a bit of a crap time but we've been through it before and we know that this is going to get better we know that this, once this little wave's over here comes the good one so i think it's it's learning to to go with the flow 
big thing for me at the minute is, and it's something that I haven't put into place in the past is boundaries. And I think, I think boundaries is a massive, massive part of having good mental health. And it seems like you've done that in the past, because you spoke about having toxic relationships, um, other things that you've had in your life that you've not, you've not necessarily wanted. And I think I'm currently going through putting these boundaries in place so that if I don't want to have this relationship with somebody, I don't have it. If I don't want to do something, I'm not going to do it. How, how did you kind of overcome those sort of problems in the past? You know, it's, it's funny you bring up boundaries because actually that is one of the chapters in my book as well, boundaries. Okay. I never had any for years and years and years. And I would say up until recently, as in the last year, did I ever put boundaries in place? So I'd be too scared to upset someone else mm. at the stake of my own upset. So even if someone was treating me awful, I still wouldn't treat them awful or I would just lash out and scream and cry. But then I'd be like, but we can make this right. And it's not normal. Boundaries are so important for your mental health because you're effective. If you don't have them, you're effectively saying to someone, you can tread all over me and that's okay. And that is a form of self-neglect because you're not loving yourself enough to say, actually, that doesn't make me happy. And, you know, I got, I got thinking in the past, I was always thinking, oh, I want them to want me, or I need them to need me. Where actually, no, I need me to need me and I need me to want me. And then you're gonna, you wouldn't put up with that crap in the first place, you know? Um, boundaries are, I just, I, once I learned them and I realized about <laughs> how important they are to your mental health, I wouldn't ever enter a relationship without a boundary. Now something, and you, you know, it doesn't need to be an argument, you just, I would, the way I would deal with it now is actually that doesn't work for me. You're, you're kind of crossing something here. I don't like that behavior. You can talk it out like a normal human and things can change. But if someone's quite toxic or quite, you know, unfortunately there are these people in the world that aren't very kind and they'll try and push it. You've got to love yourself enough to be like, I'm done, I'm out. And again, that just stems back to self-love. The boundaries all comes with learning to love yourself enough. Yeah, I, th I think it's all about like, being comfortable in saying no sometimes as well so like for instance it's a yeah. really stupid one so like today with with my run club later today I've got two new people coming and they've gone oh we can't make it for the time that you said we're going to be 10 minutes later so we'll see you then and I'm like no 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 you're going to no. be <laughs> at, the t at the time that I've said and usually I would have gone oh that's fine like you can turn up then we'll wait for you for 10 minutes that's that's okay yeah. whereas now I'm like no <laughs> this is my wrong it's not, it's not being nasty or, or horrible it's just that when things are work you can't constantly there's times you can bend when you like when it doesn't bother yeah. you that much but when you've got things that you've got set for yourself for your mind for your needs and for the way you work your world you you've got to learn to say no and I honestly I write about this in my first book Silver Linings that I really struggled to say no so even if I didn't want to be in a relationship with someone I thought, oh, I, I have to because I'll hurt them. So I'd get into a year relationship with someone I didn't even want to be with in the first place. Like, that, that's crazy because I was too scared to hurt someone. Because a lot of the time as well, when you, you do suffer from mental health, you're very empathetic to other people. And so that you're scared to hurt them. But no, if, you, if everyone looked after themselves first, we'd heal the world because if everyone healed themselves, suddenly there would be no nastiness around because people aren't nasty if they're not hurting. Happy people don't go around hurting people. So no is a very important thing to do to keep the boundaries to, to find yourself love. With the whole like you can't love anybody else until you love yourself, I, I sort of I I've completely changed my mindset over the last well, probably over the last couple of months because if somebody's nasty to me or they say something to me that I don't like, I'm like, well that's 
that's their problem with them. That's not their problem with me. That's their problem with them talking about themselves and them sort of reacting in that way because they, they're not happy with what they're doing. So I, I kind of like in my head, try and flip that those sort of situations to be like, Oh, well, that's their problem. They're struggling with something. So they're reacting like that. Whereas if they were happy, they'd be, they wouldn't read yeah. in the first place. An aware mind can work that out. And I sometimes see people, you know, on the internet or someone gives a slight comment or something. It's like, that used to really affect me. I'd be like, oh my yeah. gosh, like really, really affect me and think I'm this awful person and I'd feel like I'm ugly because they'd be like, oh, she's fat and ugly, she's this and this. And I'd be like, oh my God. I'm like, hang on a minute. I'm happy with myself in the mirror. I look good. I feel happy. I, I've got good friends. I've got good this. Is there an opinion of someone else a reflection on me? No. One one thing that I always hear, you know, the saying, um, your the opinion someone else has of you is none of your business. It really isn't any of my business because, you know, I'm nothing to do with them. Why is why is it my business? What's going on in their mind? Whether it be about me or someone else, it's not my business. And I think when I learned that and really took that on, I just stopped giving a crap. As long as you're, you know, in your heart, you're being kind. And I think if you see the world with love, you, it's a struggle to to ever take anything too too personally. I think in your position as well, like because you're in the public spotlight quite a lot you must kind of get that get to like trolling and abuse from just people that aren't giving you abuse because they're they're thinking oh that like you said like oh you're fat blah blah whatever it's them it's a reflection on them that they're not happy isn't it that they're not happy with their life so they're 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 trolling you to make you feel as bad as what they do sort of thing the thing like hurt people hurt people don't they so I am I'm lucky on social media you can block words which I've done to ensure that no one writes nasty things but for instance the Daily Mail whenever I get pictured or something goes in there there's always nasty nasty comments there's always someone that really tries to tear you down and I don't think oh that what they're saying is true I'm thinking wow that person must be so so sad in their heart because they've made an account to go on to something and really tear apart anyone they can. For what reason? I mean, would you or I sit here making accounts to write to people and tell them they think they've got a face like a bag of spanners? That was one of them. And all of this random stuff. Like, it's laughable because it's like, that is not a well person. And, and actually, I send you love and I hope that you get fixed because how you're feeling is, is sad. I think you, you need to... I think like I said like you need to take stuff like that in everyday life with a pinch of salt especially mm. like even ev- everybody like if somebody like I said if somebody's horrible to you they must be going through something in their life that's not great so they're reacting like that because of their life not because of you but um yeah it's, I, I, I've just found that quite interesting over the last couple of months because I've sort of I used to think oh it's it's a personal attack on me it's it's, um, it's not about them but yeah it, no. yeah you know even if I thought someone was looking a certain way or or whatever they were doing wasn't I didn't feel that they were very good that's just my opinion someone else might think like you know one man's trash is another man's treasure as they say so like if, you know I just, I just yeah we just I think we just got to live our lives in the happiest way we can and what makes us happy as long as we're not hurting anyone then no one can say anything it, it, it can't it shouldn't affect you which is easy as I said it's easier said than done but be so secure in yourself to know that the reason they're doing it is that 
they're not and that's that's sad if there was three things to the to the listeners or the person listening to this that you could sort of say this if, if you're suffering from mental illness so depression anxiety anything what three things would you advise them to do from now on i would definitely say open up and talk that's the first thing especially if you're on a on a bad bad mm. part of the depression you need to open up and talk reach out to people and that's just as scary because as i said i like to hold myself back but it must be done you have to talk first of all you talk you never know what you find from talking either like you never know who you're going to learn about like me, me talking i learned about wim hof and i learned about this and all these things that helped me so talking is number one um number two is is meditation anchoring those thoughts start to learn to to get them into into check and number three beat your fears by going out for a walk and finding stuff you've got to find things that what you make keep you going you've got to find it and and I found that in nature and walking through the woods I, I I find it in in doing my cold showers I find it in these things but just find what's right for you and read read a lot because that's where you'll find it podcasts are great um listen to podcasts listen to other people how they've changed how they managed to do it because that's what I did the way I changed was listening to other people's stories how they managed to get better and you start when you surround yourself with something you hear something enough you start to take it on so you've got to surround yourself with the things that are going to shine that positive light and keep you slowly slowly going up the ladder I mean with with the whole podcast right, I've I've learned personally a lot from all of the guests that I've had on air so like, I've, I've learned stuff from you today I've learned stuff from every it's, and it even though some people repeat what they say in terms of like their their ideas of stuff and the, the techniques they use to kind of conquer their mental illnesses you do I think it's good to continue listening because you do learn a lot you do like again me personally I, I've learned so much through recording these podcasts just through chatting to people which is amazing and also even if people are saying similar techniques that kind of proof that these techniques work because if people yeah. suffered and they're now changing they've all done very similar things and these people don't know each other these things work yeah and well, the one that I like is the cold chow thing that you, you brought because mm. I was like I'm definitely going to try that because that's something that is easy to try and I think it's easy for everybody to try because everybody's got like a bath or a shower haven't they so I would really recommend reading the Wim Hof book or if you don't want to get the book you can listen to him on all sorts of podcasts he's on a lot of them so just put his name in um he's done Under the Skin of Russell Brand um Happy Place of Fern Cotton and it's very 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 insightful and he was a big game changer for me for sure oh okay Oh yeah, listen. I love Russell Brand, so yeah. Yeah, so do I. <laughs> <laughs> he went to my theatre school, actually, different oh, year to me, you? but he was he was at my theatre school. So I'm really sad I didn't ever meet him. I love him. <laughs> I've, so I've met him once when so we did a um, gig at Hackney Theatre, and it's yeah. only a really small one. And I was like, he he did a book signing afterwards, and I was like, I have to go meet him because. Oh my god, yeah. I'm actually so jealous. <laughs> and then so because I've, I've seen him in concert like quite a few times, and then again he was at Aylesbury Theatre. I went to that and then he did like book signings at that so I was like I need to go meet him again. Yeah I would I'd be like Russell! (laughs) Cats or dogs? Dogs. Phone calls or text messages? Depends on my mood so normally text messages. City break or beach holiday? Beach holiday. Bath or shower? Bath. Plan ahead or take each day as it comes? Take each day as it comes but have a plan. A good book or a good film? Good book. And the morning or the evening? The morning. I like the morning. 
<laughs> I'm, I'm interested that you've said baths over showers. I knew you were going to say that. I'll tell you why, because my cold showers I do in the morning, but I've got this thing where I have to have a bath every single night. Like, without fail, I have a bubble bath. It's, I suppose it's one of my um, things that helps my mental health. I look forward to my bubble bath every single night. So I have a cold shower every morning, but it's the cold um, the hot bath at night. Although, the other morning, I did actually have an ice bath, which is a lot oh. harder than the ice cold shower, I can assure you. But um, that's, that's, I'm trying to get used to that because that's quite a big discomfort, but it's something I'm learning to do. But you really have to go into your mind. And I actually, by about minute two, I felt my body warming itself up and the ice actually melted in the bath, which was bound to happen anyway. But I, um, I laid there and I was like, I, it hurts like hell at first. And then you just suddenly feel a bit of temperature rising in your own body. I was like, okay, I've got this. But I'll stick to the cold showers rather than the baths, I think. I'll, do, I'll, I'll get to the baths eventually. <laughs> Yeah, so one of the people that I had on the last series of this podcast, um, Lloyd Ashley, he's a rugby player. He he does the so he, he's got like a, one of those barrels that yeah. he just chucks ice in, fills up with cold water, and he has one every day. And if he doesn't yeah. do that, he goes for a swim in the sea. And I'm always yeah. like, how do you do that? Like, I love doing it. Honestly, I, the, the actual the plunge port in my gym, it's one of them freezing cold plunge pools you just supposed to jump in and out. Mm. I use that quite a lot. Obviously, I haven't because of COVID, but that that's also really good. I, it just honestly, it does something. The cold does change your everything. <laughs> you <laughs> must read Wim Hof's book. I'll buy it. <laughs> really good. I should be promoting my own. Like buy silver lining, but I'm like, listen, guys, Wim Hof, <laughs> have a look. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on, and it's been lovely to speak to you. You've overcome so much in your life, and you've kind of done so much to help other people as well so like with your book with with everything you're doing so thank you so much amazing no thanks for having me on and i hope you have a wonderful day and have a great time at run club tonight thank you thank you again so much for having me that's okay thanks jess and have an amazing day cheers bye well that i thought and i hope you did too was a really good conversation and thank you so much to Jess for coming on the stress sessions I think when I record these podcasts it's so interesting to learn about all of the different things that people do to cope with their mental illness and everybody does things differently and I think it's a kind of what I've said before a case of trying different things out and finding out what coping mechanisms fit you personally because again not everything works for everybody I really like the whole thing of the breathing techniques in the shower in the bath and I've actually started to try them out I did them for I mean I don't do them enough anymore but I did do them for about a week and it really does when you when you stand in the shower and you start off by having kind of like a warmish shower and you gradually gradually turn it down to its freezing freezing cold your body kind of just adapts to the temperature and when you kind of breathe in for four seconds breathe out for four seconds and continue to do that for a couple of minutes it really really does work so that's one thing that you should try out I'm gonna start trying out again because it's one of those things I think that you need to put into a routine and then it kind of becomes a part of your day becomes a part of your everyday so yeah I'm gonna start doing that too but yeah, thank you so much to Jess for coming on. That was I, I love that conversation. I say this in every single episode, but I am not a professional. Everything that I talk about and everything that my guests speak about 
are just personal experiences, stuff that we've kind of dealt with with our mental illnesses. So if you are struggling with your mental health, then speak to a friend, speak to a family member. But if you're really, really struggling, then speak to a professional. There's so many amazing mental health charities out there that you can pick up the phone to, you can text them, you can speak on web chat. And I've dropped a link into the podcast notes so that you can literally just click on it and it will give you a list of all of the different charities that you can kind of get in contact with if you're struggling. But I guess the the main point of that is literally just speak. Speak about your mental health. It's even if you're not suffering from a mental illness, speak about it because you never know how well you don't know how much you could help somebody that is suffering if you just start that conversation you spark that conversation and it you could literally be saving a life because that person that you're sitting with or the group that you're sitting with might be going through something that is bloody hard and they're having a horrible time in life so just speak about it it's it's so so important that we make this a norm and that it just becomes everyday life it just becomes part of our routine and it's it's like talking about for instance the euros at the minute just speak about it just drop it into a conversation it's i know it's it might not feel normal but the more that we do it the more normal it will become and that is literally it for this episode so thank you for listening and please tune in to next week's episode where i'll be speaking to another great guest and if you haven't done so already please subscribe download like share do whatever you need to do that will help send this out to the masses i really really want to get these conversations out there so the more people that listen to them the more people that learn about mental illness and mental health the better so just please please share as much as you can and yeah thank you again for listening it's been yeah it's been a great chat it's been a great week and last but not least it's coming home speak to you next week